Hey bros, on this week's episode of Stay Woke Bros, we're going to be talking all about anxiety. We have a special guest. He is a licensed psychiatrist and he's going to briefly introduce himself now. Hey, um, my name is, I mean, I'm a psychiatrist actually. Um, I've been a psychiatrist for plus 25 years almost. And uh, I got trained in New York. And uh, I work with uh, different kind of patients. And uh, I serve for the uh, indigent population also. Well, we also treat a lot of teenagers. And uh, um, we, uh, I also work with uh, people uh, with severe mental health problems. Uh, and then I also treated them like uh, in a hospital setting, in a also like an outpatient setting, like that's in the clinics. And then I also worked, I mean, teenagers who got in trouble uh, with the law, I worked in the prison system also. And uh, so I had a wide variety of uh, experience with uh, treating um, psychiatric patients and dealing with the families also. And the families go through so much, right? So um, I have a lot of experience. So I wish I can help you guys today understanding some of the stuff that you need to know. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so yeah. much for being here. So, so our first question is very basic. It's what is anxiety? How would you describe anxiety? The anxiety is like a very general term, right? I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. we just say, I'm very anxious. So it's, a, it's a, like a normal emotion. We need to understand that anxiety is a normal emotion that we all go through. And it's a very natural and important emotion. What it does is it kind of signals like a, our worries, fearfulness, and the danger that we're in or threatening things that, that are in our behavior, I mean, in our life. So it's a general feeling, but at the same time, we need to be careful about it. Uh, when it kind of cripples you, when it affects your functioning every day, and when you're not able to do what you're supposed to do because of the this feeling, this intense feeling, then we have to be concerned about it. So in general, the anxiety refers to the, like a normal emotion, but but it's an increased alertness, fear, physical symptoms that you go through. And then some people, like they have an anticipation of the future concern. They're worried how things are going to be, uh, how they're going to be performing. All right. I mean, like that, there's several types of anxiety out there. Some are normal, some are abnormal. So I noticed you were talking about some physical symptoms. What are some examples of these like physical symptoms? So usually, like when we about to like speak in the in the public or like when you're doing a presentation right i mean you, you all experience this like your heart is beating a little bit faster but it's under your control okay normally it's under your control so you can tell yourself okay i'm going to do good i prepared well i can do it but sometimes what happens is it becomes out of control when it becomes out of control that becomes excessive anxiety. 
like an excess of fear, okay, inner restlessness, and you feel like something is going, something wrong is going to happen, okay, and then your heart starts beating faster, and then you become sweaty in your palms, and your breathing becomes very heavy, and then once it's like a vicious cycle. Once the breathing becomes heavy, then you become very hyperventilating. You can't speak, right? Like that, I mean, there are so many, it's like a cascading kind of symptoms you get. We, we can talk about them a little bit later, maybe. But those are the initial things that you need to know. Definitely. Yes, yeah. Okay, so... I guess we already got into one of our next questions. So what are some signs or symptoms that you've noticed or had experience with? Uh, to, to understand the anxiety, first of all, what I want you to know is there are different kinds of anxiety out there, okay? So each type of anxiety provides you with different kinds of symptoms. Sure. We so cannot generalize everything into one category. Yes. Yeah, so what are the types? The main type is that the people go through, we, we all have like a very common thing is like uh, uh, anxiety disorders is very common among the psychiatric problems. Mm -hmm. People go through like a, what is called a social phobia, okay? It's mm -hmm. called social anxiety disorder. What happens in that is you, you're self-conscious about what you're supposed to do or what people think about you. Right? I mean, I never do things right. Like that, I mean, you people constantly worry about that. Meeting people or talking to the people, right? That's a social phobia kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And also in the phobias, people have a, um, like fears about heights, fears about uh, animals, fears about a lot of things. Those are very common, but they don't talk about it. They just hide. They just try to avoid them. They try to bypass them somehow. So the next one is called generalized anxiety disorder. Okay? Mm -hmm. That means there's a chronic anxiety is there. You always worry, exaggerated, like a worry kind of thing, tension in general things, everyday things. Okay? That's called generalized anxiety. Okay. And then there's another one is called panic disorder. Okay? The panic, that's where you see more people like a panicking really. The word itself. What what happens there is that there is an intense fear. The physical symptoms that I was talking to you, like I have a chest pain, palpitations, sharpness of breath, dizziness, abdominal pain, like that. I mean, they go through those episodes. Those episodes last like five to ten minutes or something. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones really you see them really outside. Okay? The rest of them are okay. And then there is another one called, if you went through some traumatic situation, you hear a sound, like it's called post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. Okay? That's one common, one, one type, but, but mainly we talk about generalized anxiety, social phobias or social anxiety, and the panic disorders. These are the most common. And some people have what is called obsessive-compulsive disorder. Mm -hmm. Okay? That one, when they, for example, if they have to do certain things certain way, and then in certain situations they cannot do it, they become very anxious. Because they can't tell you that they have to do these things, 
but they have to walk certain ways, certain steps. And some people, when they're watching TV, they have to have the volume at certain number. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they feel anxious. Okay, mm-hmm. so these are all kind of included as a group. So that's the generalized kind of types on the anxiety. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah, I never that realized. It was like such a wide thing. Like, like I just when you say anxiety, I'm just like, oh no, I'm nervous. That's like all I really thought about. Like but. OCD and PTSD in particular, a lot of people consider them to be completely separate from anxiety. But I didn't realize so, like, yeah. how like they actually did relate to anxiety. So that's why we call yeah. them spectrum anxiety. Spectrum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we did have one follow up question to this. I know you were talking about like panic attacks. Could you explain the difference between like a panic attack and anxiety attack? Yeah, like I was telling you before, the anxiety is a generalized anxiety. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, whereas the panic, uh, it, it has intense symptoms like chest pain heart palpitations, you feel like your heart is going to come out. That fast your heart is going to beat. And then your breathing becomes very heavy, fast. And then you feel dizzy. Your palms become sweaty. Okay, you have abdominal pain, like a crunchy feeling kind of thing. Okay? And then you also feel that there's a fear of, intent, I mean, like impending doom. Everything is going to end kind of feeling. So that's the intense feeling of the panic disorder, okay? So sometimes this panic disorder is associated with uh, what is called agoraphobia, okay? It's a term called like, like you, you're fearful about going into the public, going into the crowds. You don't want to go, okay? So mm-hmm. you feel, or sometimes you feel that there is no escape for you. You want to be in a place where mm-hmm. You can leave immediately if you feel anxious. Okay, that's where it's associated with that agoraphobia. Okay, so that's the difference between anxiety and panic disorder. Okay. So, what are some of the biggest causes of anxiety, would you say? Like anything from genetic markers, social, societal factors, any like lifestyles or pressures? What would you say are like some of the causes? The for example, I mean, sometimes we, there are a lot of theories about it, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, what we need to do, make sure is that we want to divide them into two categories mainly, okay? One is treatable, that we can do something about it, okay? One is that we can't control that much, okay? The treatable, let's, let's look at the treatable causes first. People who have some medical problems, like if somebody has a thyroid problem, like mm-hmm. in teenagers and other people, we see that. Like if, if the thyroid is low, you feel mild, you feel sluggish, okay? If thyroid is acting uh, like a upward, then you feel anxious. There is so much anxiety also there. And then your heart is beating fast. It also mimics like a panic disorder. Mm-hmm. But that's why the doctors, when you go there, they would do some tests for you, even though you're just going for a psychiatric problem, anxiety. They will do all blood tests, all kinds of things to make sure that your body is okay. Okay, and then if you have some brain problems, you can develop anxiety. If you have heart problems, you can develop anxiety. Okay, mm-hmm. and then some people have asthma, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the kids take inhalers. When they take certain inhalers, 
they can develop anxiety also because the the inhaler medicines increase your heart rate increase your anxiety okay so like that i mean there are some medical things we want to look at but i'm only just telling you a little bit and then there's another factor some of the middle schoolers and then high schoolers when we see they use drugs like marijuana cocaine alcohol all these substances can cause anxiety disorders okay so that also can contribute some people feel when they use marijuana they think that they're calm that helps them but in the long run what happens if they develop anxiety depression and then sometimes psychosis also they hear things they see things then that makes them more anxious so one is the medical causes one is the substances that they they use right alcohol drugs and stuff like that and then so and then the psychological factors for example if somebody is abusing them somebody is bullying them okay and they can't talk about it they want to put a good face but still they somebody is bullying them or like there is family conflicts at home there is divorce situations at home going on okay and then or the parents are very emotionally abusive to them they want them to perform at a higher level but they're not realizing what their capabilities what their interests are okay like that there are family issues social issues there's so much that kids face nowadays it's impossible and nowadays the pandemic staying home not able to meet the friends i'm seeing so much now the anxiety with kids um they they can't go anywhere they can't meet friends but luckily they also also i shouldn't say luckily but the parents are also facing anxiety a lot of parents but the kids are somehow they're on instagram they're on the social media they're communicating with their friends much better than the adults so it's much higher in adults but some kids they don't communicate that well through social media or parents restrict them or something like that so there are some issues there okay so those are the factors and then like you suggested the genetic factors are also there and uh, genetic factors means if a parent has like a severe anxiety disorder there's a possibility that um people can get it. but there are certain genes it's it's all new Uh, they're talking about some genes when they do the genetic studies so if you have certain genes um then you're more vulnerable for um the anxiety or psychiatric problems but not everybody gets those so there are more studies needed for that okay so we can't take it just we have to take it as a grain of salt for that and then like that i mean a lot of uh, uh, causes are there for that okay Yeah. Okay, so what is like what is the timeline when dealing with anxiety? Like what are treatment plans? Like does it ever go away? Does it last forever? How would it ever like naturally recover? Would And it also, ever? Also, is there like a starting point? Like is there an age where you find that anxiety seems to stem from? Yeah, sure. Um first of all, I mean like uh, sometimes these many fears start as a young child. I mean, If you all remember 
when you're growing up. I mean, first we were worried about being alone, uh, monsters, like that. I mean, there are certain things. And then it starts even when you're really young, like I'm talking about months old. When you observe, um, one of the small kids, I mean, if you take them away from their mom, they have what is called separation anxiety, right? They don't want to go far away from their parents or mom. Um, so it's much, panic disorder is much more common in the girls than boys, okay? Um, but I mean, mainly, like, uh, it kind of comes out. I mean, like I was telling you, there is a separation anxiety. There are some problems before. It starts around like 15 to 15 and 19, around that, like a more full-fledged symptoms. But some kids can get it early, okay? On average, I mean, that's how it goes. Uh, very young children also can get it, but on average, we see mostly with the teenagers 15 and 19. You know, it's really, it's really funny because a lot of people will say things like, you're just a teenager, that's why you feel this way. And it's like, it's not that it developed when you were a teenager, it's that it's finally like coming out, like the symptoms are there, but it didn't just magically appear because you're a teenager. I think that's really cool how there's scientific reasoning to show that it's not just like, you're a teenager, you feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a factor there because the parents don't want you to have any problems. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely okay. another it's thing. It's like a, my child should not have these problems, okay? I think so, it's like also on top of that, it's like your parents just want the best for you. So they're like, if you ignore these emotions and it's like, it'll go away. Yes. I think that's a really big thing as well. Yeah, well, it's a lot of times that they will go away maybe, but when you're asking the timeline, when, when a child or kid or an adult suffers through these things for a minimum of six months, okay, four to six months, then you need help. Okay. Okay, that's the timeline, really. What the would the indicator. Uh huh. What would the treat What would the treatment plans be like when you find out that you have anxiety? What? How would you go from there? Usually in psychiatry. What we do is that we want to be very comprehensive mm -hmm. because it's a so it's called a biopsychosocial approach. Okay, uh, bi that. biological really means cool. like I was telling you, if there is any medical causes, if there is, uh, I mean, uh, like a genetic things, mm -hmm. or if any other things are causing the problem, we want to look at it. Yeah. And psychological is like, um, is there a depression going on? Is there like other worries, other problems going on? We need to know. And then the social issues, family, uh, family conflicts, school issues, performing, and academic career kind of things, mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, all those things uh, need to be considered as a treatment plan, okay? So you go through all of them. That's why the most important thing is that um, you need to like I understand what is behind it, okay? And if there is any treatable cause, let's do it. Like I was telling you about thyroid or heart problems or any other things. And then if it is by psychosocial, uh, try to listen to the kid, try to, um, I mean, like a, help them navigate through those problems. 
and then help them cope with those kind of things, okay? And then the, finally, there are some therapies also there. Um, some people have false beliefs. Well, no matter what I do, I mean, I mess up. Some kids say that all the time. <laughs> Nobody likes me, okay? Um, like that, I mean, a lot of, we have some false belief systems based on one experience. Mm -hmm. But other times, when you saw, you succeeded so many times, okay? But one time you failed because of that, we always say that, I always mess up, okay? So that increases your anxiety. So for those kind of kids or family members or anybody, what is called, there is a behavioral therapy is there. It's called the cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, that means you have to eliminate those false beliefs, prove it to them, and uh, teach them how to implement those kind of things in daily life. Okay, that reduces the anxiety. And then finally, uh, some people need like long-term psychotherapy for family issues are going on, abuse issues are going on. There is physical abuse a lot of times for the kids. There's sexual abuse going on. Okay, they can't talk about it that easily. So it takes longer time for them to recover. Okay, meditations, of course, they are important, but we have to look comprehensively. There are so many medicines Nowadays, we use good medicines are there, and the people can use the medicines too, depending on each person. So, from there, if you know someone who has anxiety, what would be the best way to approach the situation? How would you help them? Like, just as a regular person who doesn't like know all this stuff, just how would you try to help someone feel more relaxed and feel better? Sure. I mean, like, it's kind of difficult. I mean, like, uh, like sometimes, I mean, people who don't understand what they're going through, they would mm -hmm. just tell them, just chill out. I mean, that's going to yeah. be okay. That's um, actually our... And, uh, yeah. yeah, just move on. I mean, like, mm -hmm. that's what we commonly hear. Definitely. And uh, it's not going to work that way. It's not easy. Only that person will understand uh, what they're going through, mm -hmm. okay? First of all, I mean, we, we need to stop second-guessing. We need to listen to them, okay? And uh, at the same time, we, we can't confront them about those things, those fears, those kind of things. Um, uh, you, I mean, we shouldn't, like, uh, take it easy with them, okay? And then you have to validate what they're going through first. Okay, you have to make them believe that you're you're going to listen to them. Okay, you're expressing concern for them. Okay, mm -hmm. and then uh, what they're looking for you from you is that um, you you don't you don't want to undermine their symptoms. Mm -hmm. You don't want to ignore their symptoms, right? So the main important thing is that listening to them mm -hmm. and being there for them. And then whatever they need at that time, providing it to them. Those are the things that mainly do's and don'ts. Okay. Is there like certain phrase? I know there's certain phrases where you wouldn't say to someone at like just calm down. You wouldn't say that to someone, or you shouldn't say that to someone. Are there like things that you could say to help someone? Like specific things you would say? Yeah, mainly first of all, what can I help you with? What can mm -hmm. I do for you immediately? What mm -hmm. will help you? For example, that's not probably the first time they're going through the anxiety, mm -hmm. right? Definitely. They know 
but they won't realize until you ask them what will help them. Mm -hmm. Some people want to breathe into the bag, okay? Mm -hmm. When they breathe into the bag, what happens is, for example, their breathing becomes like I was telling you, heavy, right? Mm -hmm. When the breathing becomes heavy, not enough oxygen is going to their brain, so they become dizzy. Mm -hmm. So when you ask them to breathe into your bag, then what happens is there's more carbon dioxide actually stimulates your brain. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's why when you're breathing into the bag, more carbon dioxide is going. In reality, we need oxygen, but carbon dioxide is the one which stimulates the brain. Mm -hmm. I never knew that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I did, yeah. So that's why we breathe into the bag, okay? okay? So like that, I mean, you tell the kids, I mean, you tell people, um, what can I do? What helps you? Because that's not the first time they're going through, right? Mm -hmm. They know what helps them. Definitely. So, and then reassuring them if they want you to hold their hand, hold their hand. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, like that, I mean, whatever helps them is the best thing. There's no single thing that you can do. Yeah. So, while we're on the topic of like phrases and what you can say, so why is just calm down so unhelpful? I mean, it, it might help sometimes, but not understanding what they're going through. And they, they, one, the reason why it doesn't help is once the panic attack starts, it lasts 5 to 10 minutes sometimes, or 15 minutes. So even if you're telling them, they want to calm down, but they cannot. Mm -hmm. I feel it's like beyond really, their control. Mm -hmm. I feel like it just really also invalidates their emotions. It's like... It's okay, you don't need to go through that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's why it doesn't respond, okay? It doesn't help. Yeah. But I mean, just holding their hand, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm going to be with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, that will help a lot. Yeah, definitely. What are some other phrases that you would consider like incredibly unhelpful? You should not say this to someone who's struggling with anxiety. Hey, it just goes away. And mm -hmm. um, or sometimes people feel you're acting. I mean, you, you, you're like, uh, yeah. like, I mean, it's not real. I mean, you're, you're trying to take advantage. I mean, some parents or some other people say you're, you're like, a, um, like a imitating or you're, you're doing, I mean, you're acting. I mean, you're, you're malingering. Okay. Yeah. I definitely think that's a really big issue in teenagers right now as well. Mm -hmm. It's just not being compassionate and understanding of what other people are going through just because yeah, of, yeah. especially a of, from a lot of adults it's like don't be yeah. dramatic you're just faking not it's just adults as well like other teenagers that yeah. I've seen do that yeah to other kids teenagers well. do that to each other too yeah. it's just I've, yeah a lot of people just aren't having that compassion one of the things that they care about you they want yeah. the problem to go away Mm -hmm. But some some could be sarcastic, but some people they really care about you. They want the problem to go away, mm -hmm. and they don't know. They're not educated enough about yeah. it. That's why they yeah. they can say that. Yeah, I feel like a lack of education about this is a really big issue. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. there? Um, so now I think that's that's been most of our questions so far. Is there just like anything you have any like resources, anything you just want to tell our listeners about just to wrap this up? Just about yeah, I mean, like, like... Uh, there are a lot of, I mean, nowadays, I mean, 
Uh, people Google for everything, right? <laughs> um, but what my suggestion is that don't read everything that is put on the internet, okay? Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of misinformation. I want you to go to like the main reliable resources. Mm -hmm. Like for example, if you need something like a Johns Hopkins kind of thing, mm -hmm. okay? Mayo Clinic mm -hmm. or like a Harvard or like a, for example, American Psychiatric Association, mm -hmm. American Psychological Association, okay? Like that, I mean, you you want to be going to a reliable and a prominent source because they write the articles, they write, they give you the information based on science, based on the studies, based on the research, okay? That when kids are more really well-versed with these kind of things nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, I mean, we go to WebMD, people go to WebMD, and they put their symptoms. I mean, it gives you a little bit of information, but don't get panicked about it, or I think that I'm going to have this, I have that. But go to the reliable source, okay? Some of the people do that. But it's a good site, too. WebMD gives you good information, too, okay? Just talking about that, I actually just got one more question. Mm -hmm. How would you help someone who thinks that they have anxiety, but then they don't know how to talk to other people about it? Like, you wouldn't want them to self-diagnose. So how would you? How would they go about asking for help? The, the main thing is, there is a very simple, it's like, if anything, remember this, if your anxiety is disturbing your daily life, mm -hmm. okay? You're not able to perform. Your functioning in daily life is affected. That's the time you need to get help. It's very simple, okay? If your functioning is affected, really, you need to get help. What if you just don't feel, like, comfortable talking to the people around you? How would you go about doing that? Yeah, when you, when you feel uncomfortable talking to somebody, when you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to, it may not be true all the time because you need you have somebody you can trust either in your friends or family members, um, provided they can be supportive to you, so you can talk to them, and um, and then like I mean, you you can also like reach out. Sometimes I mean there are some crisis hotlines where you can talk to somebody anonymously. Um, they will give you information, when to get help and all that. And even if you Google it, I mean, in your particular area, there are crisis teams available. Mm -hmm. You can talk to them. Um, they will help you also. So, well, now I think those are the last of our questions. Yeah. Um, just, do you have any closing words for anyone listening to this? Just anything you want to tell them? Yes. Um, for example, I mean, like, the common thing is, like, even if you have a friend who is going through um, the anxiety, or even yourself, if you're going, how to respond to that, okay? I know we talked about a little bit, but mainly, deeply understanding, just a, few, a couple of lines, talk about your fears and anxieties, if you're going through the anxiety, okay? Uh, listen if you are listening to somebody, listen carefully and respectfully. These are the key 
take home points, okay? Help that person understand that these feelings of uneasiness about their body, performance, peer acceptance, or general uncertainty, any other things, whatever they're going through, that they, sometimes it could be normal feelings. They don't know how to cope with it, okay? Mm -hmm. So before you seek professional help, you want to make sure that this is something you can resolve, okay? By understanding it. Don't ignore anxiety. Try to be perfect. Try to do well uh, in your uh, school or in any other career, okay? Understand that it could be problematic. And then another take-home point is, if it is affecting your functioning, if it is lasting more than four to six months, get professional help. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. That was a very good closing statement. And thank you for being on this episode. We really appreciate all the helpful information you gave us. So You're welcome. Thank you so much. And once again, I'm very proud of you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to our special guest who came and talked to us and told us all this very valuable information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we have extra information linked down in the description. Yes. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you tune back in next week on Stay Woke Bros.